MMA Plus Podcast is back on the airwaves after one of the biggest and most shocking nights in the history of the UFC. The breaking news, of course, Conor McGregor losing by a second round win into submission to Nate Diaz. And Misha Tate upsetting the odds. Fifth round, two minutes left to go. She sinks in the rear naked choke. Holly Holm refuses to tap. She goes unconscious and we now have a new bantamweight world champion. So many stories to talk about from UFC 196 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And who better to talk about it with than my co-host, Roberto Reed, Barney Calloway, and Jordan Curran. Welcome to the show, boys. Hello. Thank you. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. I mean, let, let, let's get straight into it because I've done my share of crying, I've done my share of laughing, and I've done some more share of crying. But, you know, let, let's talk about it right now. Mate Diaz upset the odds last night. The, the surreal bookies uh, underdog does what he does best, and he gets a win against Conor McGregor. How do we see that? Um, well, you know, before I go off on my uh, McGregor tirade, I, I want to say uh, I think it was... How can I put it without being too rude? I think no, no fuck. I, I think poetic. it was. I, I don't want to say it was poetic justice. I don't want to, you know, kind of be laughing at someone's downfall. But I, I just think it was foolhardy to think that you could move up two weights, um, and challenge one of the best fighters in the world. You know, I don't want to take anything away from McGregor because he has changed the game to a certain extent in the two and a bit years he's been in the UFC. But it was a big ask for him to move up two weight classes and was it 25 pounds and beat one of the most skilled fighters in mixed martial arts today. You know, I just, I, I think it was just, it was a stupid decision. And I think, unfortunately, no disrespect to Conor, but I think his arrogance got in the way of logic. Logic would suggest it was a risk to move up one weight division to face a world champion or you know, someone in the top 10. But to move up two weight classes and to think you can beat someone of Nate Diaz's calibre was not the smartest move. And that panned out, you know, during the course, you know, in the 10 minutes or, or nine minutes or so the fight lasted. Something that popped up to me that made me quietly chuckle is uh, post-fight McGregor was saying as if it was some mad realisation that, oh, Bigger guys can take a punch better. And then I was thinking, what happened to precision beats power? That's the big one out the window. But, um, yeah, so I'm quite drained mentally, drained from it all. It's, it's hard to, like, uh, put my thoughts forward on it now. I don't, I don't think McGregor was too arrogant. I liked the way that he put it in the sense that he's, he's bringing uh, the full sense of martial arts into it. He's, he's transcending these these um, like false weight classes so to speak one man against another man martial artist versus martial artist not put into some size and weight category so that's fair play to him for trying that definitely the arrogance for me comes from the, from the promoters the promoters who, who jumped him up like that and to be honest who, who we know if, if they expected him to win they brought in Diaz, who, as he said, had no weight camp, had no sparring uh, to, to mimic any kind of McGregor style, let alone not sparring. Even on top of that, he just got back from Mexico the 
stories off the course of the fight, and he's been spewing his guts up in Mexico that he's a heel, and he did all of that with no weight camp coming off the back of some kind of illness in Mexico. It, it, it's, it's, it's just insane. I wasn't, I wasn't totally convinced Diaz would do it. I know I knew he was capable of doing it, but I wasn't sure how prepared he would be physically in this. The whole thing about McGregor, like even if you do think uh, uh, part of he is partly exaggerated, even if you do think he's exaggerated, sorry, you, you can't help but get gripped a little bit by the whole illusion that he is this unbeatable goddamn superstar that it should be a shock for him to lose to anyone. It's hard, really, to, to get by that, even if you recognise him. No one's unbeatable in MMA. Sorry to kind of jump back in, guys, but this is the thing. The sport of mixed martial arts has never been about staying undefeated. This isn't boxing or some other sports. Yeah. This is MMA. There's, you, there's no shame from losing. And these guys are getting gassed up so much. We've seen it with Rousey. We saw it with Northcutt. We saw it with McGregor. And, you know, these guys are getting gassed up and pushed as these unbeatable uh, fighters or these superstars. And, you know, he came up with against someone. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with the... The side of things when he's saying he tried to bring martial arts back into mixed martial arts. But the reality of the situation in any combat sport, if you've got someone with the same level of skill set, let's say they've got the same skill set, let's be nice to McGregor because I, I honestly think Diaz is on a different planet to him. And I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later. But let's assume that they're on the same, they, they, they're, they're on the same level in terms of uh, skills. In, in all other combat sports, the bigger man, if you've got two guys with the same level, skill-wise, the bigger man always wins. Should always win. And Diaz was the bigger man. He had the reach advantage, the height advantage, the weight advantage, blah, blah, blah. Really and truly, if this was boxing, we would have favoured the bigger man. But because of the height machine that's been put behind uh, McGregor, you know, a, a lot of people thought that he could do you know, not the impossible, but, but pull it out of the bag. And I just think, in reality, the bigger man should have won, and that's exactly what happened with Diaz. Yeah, definitely. You're right about him, to be honest, uh, being on another planet as well, and talk about who he's been training with, and how long he's been training with him. As Diaz says himself, top 10 boxers, top 10 grapplers, world class in every facet, for near on a decade or more now. I was drawn in, to be fair, um, all the things, kind of like 2020 hindsight now, well, I don't know what your guys' pick was before before the fight. I know Andreas picked McGregor. Um, I was definitely picking McGregor. Uh, I feel kind of foolish for, for buying into it so much, and I was definitely on board the hype train. Um, not to say I, didn't, I don't rate uh, Nate Diaz, but I didn't think that it was... I, I really didn't think the size didn't that obvious. Um, McGregor looked tiny in there. Uh, first time ever. Obviously, he'd be fighting 145. But I, I didn't think the size difference would be that obvious. And I thought the reach advantage for Diaz might be uh, negated by uh, the kicking of McGregor. Uh, he's got longer legs. So I thought he could initiate a reach advantage in that aspect of the fight. Um, he didn't, he didn't really use the legs. I, I thought that was strictly. I don't think he used his leg kicks. 
Newsflash. Yeah. Guys, this is the thing as well. And again, uh, uh, disclaimer, I'm not disrespecting McGregor because at 145, I think he's a beast. But I don't rate his kicking. I don't, I don't, I think it's used more to set up the, 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 the left. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we can all, with practice, please, no disrespect, fans. No disrespect to McGregor. We can throw a hook kick or a spinning kick to the body. But how many times have you seen McGregor land one of those hook kicks to the head? Like, I for example... I can't think of a time. I can't think of a time when he landed that capoeira kick. Exa- exactly. It's one of those ones that... It's almost like he uses it to break up his opponent's rhythm and to set up the hook, the, the, the left, sorry. You know, I don't think it's amazing. I don't... I don't really remember him throwing a lot of, like, leg kicks, like, low leg kicks so much either. But it was almost more, he's more, he uses those kicks to kind of, it's like smoke and mirrors when he throws them, in my yeah. opinion. I thought he could have used um, low kicks there. Low kicks a lot more usually. Uh, we've seen it in Diaz's previous fights, uh, where the low kicks are used really well against both Diaz, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see why McGregor couldn't use low kicks. I mean, he's got pretty flashy high kicks but gen- generally these people with um, football backgrounds have good low kicks Is it Rivaldo he mm-hmm. credits his mm-hmm. his powerful low kicks to yeah. his football background yeah. in Brazil and yeah. uh, McGregor's got the same thing I don't know why I don't know if he thinks it's a cheap tactic or it's not exactly something that's going to see on a highlight reel is it so that might be yeah. something that's sort of a mental block for him but I feel like especially against a guy who's so heavy on his front foot like Diaz um Exactly, and as and as a southpaw, Diaz is open to that, and he's not an out, he's not a southpaw like McGregor who switches, so he can switch stances. He's a southpaw, so that leading leg is there for the taking. So if it was RDA or even Aldo, they're gonna light that leg up, that front, you know, the standing the the the, the front leg up. But McGregor never even utilized or took advantage of that, you know. Uh, if I'm gonna critique Look. Diaz, he's he's not as dynamic in terms of his movement, and he he does weigh heavily or sit heavily on that front leg, and McGregor didn't take advantage of it. Look, I want to ask now. We can we can talk about he didn't do this or he did this, you know, all night long. I want to ask what's next for Nate Diaz. You said that he's now the 145 pound champion. He's gonna go by a deal. <laughs> like, come on, like, what what are we gonna see from Nate Diaz? Because I think Dana White's pretty scared. Dana White even said on Fox Sports 1, who knows if we'll ever see Nate Diaz again. What's next for one of the Diaz brothers? Will we will we see Nate back in the Octagon pretty soon? I hope so. I hope he gets whatever he wants. I think it's about time, in my opinion, that Nate gets his chance to shine. Nick has kind of been given that opportunity, but Nate's always been like the little brother who didn't quite get what all his hard work has deserved, in my opinion. Now, I hope he gets whatever he bloody pleases because I think he deserves it. This, this could be, this, this could be uh, Nate's Gomi. You know, when Nick Diaz had his big breakthrough against Takanori Gomi, Gomi was the, um, Gomi was the big favourite in that fight. This could be the same for Nate, but it seems like they're talking here. I think Nate was saying it's, it's quite likely he could face Robbie Lawler now, but then this was never a legit 
welterweight contest. One of my brothers is not a welterweight. It just happens to be a short notice pairing. So okay, Diaz can't get down to a lightweight, and obviously he's, I don't think he's ever been down to 145 outside of the UFC. So just do it around 168 to, to 170. So neither neither man winning this fight is justified for any type of welterweight title shot, in my opinion. I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, Tyron, Tyron Woodley, Ariel Hawani spoke to Tyron Woodley after the event, and Tyron's like, well, I was sweating it a bit there. I was rooting for, for Nate because I, I didn't want Connor to come in and take my shot. I mean, yeah, you hit that perfectly. This, these are two blown up lightweights. This is a lightweight fight. And I, yeah, personally, whoever won would go on to face RDA when RDA gets back from the broken foot. I, I really don't see where these welterweight talks are going to go. I think it's incidental. That's the way they both decided on. Both guys came in under 170, I think. Uh, Nate came in 169, Connor came in 168. So, you know, I, I don't get where that talks are going to go. I don't, I don't get why Tyron would be so, so relieved, even though you know, we're hearing rumors that he is next in line face Robbie Lawler. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. I think this is a, just a blown-up lightweight title fight. What is, something that I find fascinating, um, what do you find of um, post-fight reaction from fans, fighters, and everyone with regards to McGregor? I knew it was going to happen. Let's be honest. We all yeah, knew yeah, it was going to yeah, happen. Yeah. McGregor is my Marmite. Newsflash to any McGregor fan, whether you like it or not, when you're that at cocky, and that cocksure, maybe the right term, you're going to have people who love you and people who hate you. So the second he lost, this was always going to be the reaction. I'm not surprised. We all knew it was coming, as far as I'm concerned. And McGregor fans should not be surprised by <laughs> the reaction he, he's, he's received after his defeat. What makes Tyron Woodley no, I, I think you're 100% right there. And I feel that the you know, McGregor fans are, of course, upset. There are a lot of Diaz fans out there who are saying, I told you so. But one of the biggest things I want to bring up is that, of course, look, we look at this now. The humbleness in defeat from Conor McGregor is something that will definitely save face. And something Ronda Rousey never really offered after a loss. Hiding her head behind, hiding her face behind a pillow going on talk shows and, and saying that she has suicidal thoughts. Conor McGregor, straight up to every single person he spoke to at that uh, post-fight, whether it was Ariel Hawani, Caroline Pierce, Megan O'Leary, he said the same thing. Hey, I hold my hands up. I didn't do this. I should have done this. And I'm going to move forward from it. We never saw that from Conor. You know, does, does that not stay face for Conor? 100%. So I feel like we've kind of gone on a bit of, been a bit of a downer, been a bit, you know, too downer-ish. To McGregor, but he has, you know, on on in one hand he has, you know, he earned my respect even more. Like I'll, I'll say it again, at one forty-five, he's a beast, and he is the main man at, in that division. But I think, as he said before, he's humble in victory, and he definitely was humble in defeat. So he he, he gets a lot of credit, you know, for being whether we call it stupid or not. But he was brave enough to to step up two weight classes to uh, fight Diaz, he, he gets credit for that, 100%. He, and he definitely gets credit for, for how he acted in defeat. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was definitely 
who was definitely very classy. And, yeah. You know, it, it's good for him that he's got a lot of people jump into his defence. It's like, I kind of, I kind of think um, some of the people who are like, you know, you shouldn't be hard on McGregor. It's, it's like it, it's a give and take thing when you when you're going to be like this. You shouldn't be shocked when the when the, the MMA world or a significant portion of the MMA world starts to revel in his defeat. That 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 is that was set up for him from the beginning for whenever he loses. That was always going to happen. That's inevitable. That's the position promotion put him in. By, by pushing him in that way and amplifying the things he does. That's the media eating up every little word he says and, and pushing out there. So when all, all, all the greats have lost, when Chuck Liddell lost, DJ Penn lost, when Anderson Silva lost, and their reigns came to an end, no one reveled in their defeats. I'm sure if GSP was to lose to Hendricks, no one would have reveled in their defeats. And they still did huge things for the sport. It's, he, he was set up to be given this, this huge backlash and defeat. And the same with Rousey, really, in the way that they just got shoved down the throats of everyone. Some people liked it, some people didn't. And I think both both people have, have a right to um, both support it and push back against it when it's been forced on you so much. Exactly. Yeah, I think McGregor deserves, kind of covered already, a lot of, a lot of credit for his, um, the way he's behaved post-fight. And I think it's, it's partly to do with how intelligent he is at dealing with the media and dealing with the fans because I, I, he's such an intelligent bloke in that in that sense that I think everything he does is kind of preconceived and uh, I think he knows he knew he knows in his head when he's talking all this talking all this shit before the fight that he does give he does uh, post fight he gives guys credit and he doesn't rub it in their face and I think he knows long run that that will benefit him if anything ever goes badly for him, as it has done now. Uh, I think a lot of the way the media are treating him now is because because of his intelligence with dealing with the media. Agreed. So we, we could talk about uh, Connor and Nate all day, and I'm sure we will um, later on in the show when we, when we talk about UFC 200 and potential matchmaking for that. Let's talk about the co-main event, though, now. At least you take really upsetting the odds, getting a huge, huge victory. Over Holly Holm, Misha Tate, uh, she was the former Strikebook Bantamweight champion. That was back in 2011, and this has been a, a huge career journey for her to reclaim the championship in the UFC. Uh, and what a journey it has been for Misha Tate. And she does that against Holly Holm in, in fantastic fifth-round fashion in that rear naked choke. i got to talk about the game plan of Misha Tate. Is that the most perfectly executed game plan you've seen in a Bantamweight title fight? In my opinion, no. No, I think it was. Holly Holm against Ronda Rousey was was perfectly executed. Well, yeah, but that was with Ronda being dunk and running right into shots from Holly Holm. Yeah, yeah, but I still think, yeah, yeah, and I still think it was it was better executed. If I'm honest, I'm torn, and I'm at least in a totally positive way. Like, I didn't want to see either woman lose yesterday because I like them both. I think. Holmes's dignity in defeat was so refreshing compared to the former champion before her, you know. Um, and Misha, I just feel bad for Misha. I think Misha, you know, uh, she got caught up in the Rousey storm in, ter- in terms of her rising popularity. And she was almost the antagonist to Rousey. And uh, she got a, a bad rap, you know. 
I think that a lot of people believed the nonsense that Rousey was spouting about Misha Tate. You know, they don't like each other and that's obvious. But I don't think Misha is as bad a human being as Rousey likes to make out, in my opinion. You know, I think she, I think what happened this morning was a culmination of years of hard work, determination and dedication. And I think she thoroughly deserved it. But on the flip side, I feel so bad for Holly Holmes. You know, yeah. I feel so bad yeah. for her. About what Andrea says about the Misha Tate game plan talk because her game plan was not working. She said it herself in the, in the, at the post fight press conference. She was 3 1 down in the rounds. Was There's no way she's next. 3 1 down. There's no, have you seen the scorecard? Going into that final she's round. 3 1 down? No, she's so not the three media one down. Gets, been saying she gets she was 10 8. I don't, I don't agree with it, but they gave her a 10 8 in round 2 from when she sat on Holly. So going into the final round, um, no, it definitely wasn't a 3-1. Home was she, just was 38-37. Yeah, she was losing, though. She was, it, it, she was, she was lo- clearly she was losing. She was winning that fifth round. She was winning consensus. that fifth round. So effect, effectively, it was going mm. to the floor. I don't know. The consensus out, the consensus that's out there in the, in the media is that Misha needed to finish. Yeah. Home had had dominant spells and is, was a 3-1 up with the consent. Good fight. Well, Definitely very competitive fight, but the consensus out there is that home was um, uh, 3-1 up. I haven't actually seen the scorecards, now you mention it. But um, I honestly think home was up, and as she kind of admitted to, she was cruising. She didn't anticipate that Hail Mary push from Misha. Misha's, Misha's coaches said to her at the end of the round, it, it, we, we think you're losing this fight. Great, great cornerman, not quite like Edmund, but um, <laughs> great, great coaching uh, for, for, for Misha's corner. They told her, you need to go and finish this fight, and she went with that last gasp effort, and home did not anticipate it. She started cruising. And it's, I, I, I adore Misha. I think she's awesome. She's probably uh, right up there with the most deserving people uh, who to be champion. As far as I'm concerned, she's a two-time champion because... When she held that strike force spell before, it was the most relevant title in the game. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's great. I didn't want us, I wanted home to win because I feel that home is the most, uh, is the best and, and the most legitimate top contender in there. I, I, I think home is more than capable of winning that rematch. And I, I think if they were to have a straight up rematch like they should, I think that, that home, having learned the lesson of not coasting out to the end could cushion um, maybe finish Misha or stay a bit more alert and focused and, and uh, close it out. So I think she got complacent when she, she got her head on the scores. With regards to home coming back from this, um, after she beat Rousey, it was thought was, how the hell is Rousey going to come back and beat this woman after that? But then after watching the fight this morning, I feel... Rousey, it feels all, it feels kind of level again after seeing what uh, mm. the game plan that uh, that Misha Tate implemented. It's kind of like, well, if Rousey can come in and do that, Rousey, Rousey has home on the ground for the amount of time that Misha Tate had home on the ground for in the second round. I think that fight's over. Yeah. Uh, I think if, if, if I think if Rousey you're right, got you're, you're right, home Andrea, on the ground for uh, four minutes, then it's over. You're right about the draw, Andreas. It would have been a draw if it went to the scorecards. 
I, I kind of agree. I, I, I kind of agree, Barney. Barney, but I, I, I just think Styles makes fights, and I just think Tate is a more well-rounded mixed martial artist than Rousey. I honestly think that. I don't think skill set wise, um, Ronda is has has the the variety of weapons that Tate has. I just think she excels in one area, and I mean really excels. Um, I think all round though, I think Tate would have the edge. It's like I always give the comparison. I, I used to football coach. I'm about to go off on a tangent. I used to be a coach, and um, I would always say to the the, the the guys that I coach or the kids that I coach, my blueprint for you to be a complete player is Cristiano Ronaldo. But Messi, especially then, was considered the best player in the world. I just think all round Ronaldo was better in the air. Uh, scored more free kicks, what you know, uh, could tap the ball in from six yards, score for 30 yards, blah, 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 etc., etc. But Messi had those one or two parts of his game that set him above everyone else. So as a, a, a whole package, I may think that Ronaldo was better, but Messi had that one or two things, part of his game that made him the world's best player. And I think it was the same with Rousey. I think Misha Tate, all round, is a more well-rounded mixed martial artist. But uh, Rousey's main arsenal was so potent that she kept on beating Tate, unfortunately. She's beat Tate twice now. And I just think stars make fights. And I think, in my opinion, Holmes will probably beat Rousey again and find the Tate rematch more difficult, if I'm honest. In my opinion. 100%. Well, I, got, I think Holmes beats Rousey again just because just he's a leader. Rousey just can't match up against what Home can do in the same way that Tate couldn't match up against what Rousey brought to that fight. Yeah. I think Is Home it... devastates Rousey again. Well, I also, also I stand by. I think Home Tate rematch. I think Home is is very very capable of of beating Misha Tate. I don't think I don't think Tate has Home's number in the way that Home has Rousey's number. Yeah, maybe. Is it the, the case that Styles makes fights A B C? BBC, yeah, BBC, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Is, is that really the case with Bantamweight division? It looks like it. It, it results-wise, it is like that. But as I say, I, I think there's more. There's more to be seen from home, from home and Tate. I think if they had, uh, hypothetically speaking, if they had a best of five, I think home is, is is taking at least a pair of victories against Tate in a best of five series, hypothetically. Whereas home against Rousey, best of five. I'm not sure Rousey, Rousey would be fortunate to edge a victory against Home. What, what about Miss Captain Garner? What about Miss Captain Garner? Are we gonna are we gonna see her back in the mix? Sorry to put you off there, Barney. As well. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Captain Garner. I mean, when she she's been out for for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, but she holds she holds a win every time. She has been training because when I was in Thailand, she was training in Thailand around about the same time. We was on the same island, but she was the other end, From if my memory serves me correctly. So she is training, but I just... since She hasn't fought since the Rousey loss, has she? No, I don't think she has. Yeah, so I, I don't know why she hasn't been back in the cage. You know, she Remember, she's a mother of a young lad, so maybe, you know, she's, she's being a mother. I don't know, but I don't know. To my knowledge, I don't know if she's been injured or anything like that. With so many women in, in the frame, I think 
Zingano is going to have to come back and maybe maybe Zingano Nunes fight makes sense. Well, actually, they fought recently. Before. But Zingano is going to need another fight for a title, definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, the thing is, before before um, this weekend's event, didn't Zingano come out and reveal or hint that about uh, her next fight was going to be the rematch with Rousey. Rousey was going to come back and fight Zingano. Was that not what was being uh, thrown about? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Make, makes sense. That, that, that made great sense. Now, I always thought um, that Zingano approached that fight the wrong way. I thought it, it could be more to be seen between Zingano and Rousey. I thought, I thought that was a perfect setup. That Rousey to come back doesn't, in my opinion, fit coming straight back into a title fight, not against Misha Tate by any means. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight, but I just think, unfortunately, now um, Uncle Dana and the uh, and the guys at Super have stepped in, and it seems like Rousey's going to be thrust straight into a title fight. She is. It does look that case with Dana White mentioning that he did, in fact, text Ronda, who wasn't even watching the card. My ad, she was at a wrestling show, PWG. Um, take from that what you want to, because um, I know what I'm concerned. I take a I take um, a lot from it, mate. Uh, but, you know, here's the case. Dana was never happy with the Misha Tate Holly Holm fight in the first place. And he even said, he, he was a bit, you know, kerfuffled to, as to why Holly's management team would push for her to face, face Misha when it's a, a very difficult standard matchup. Now, Ronda Rousey, no question that. Look, if I'm, if I'm a better man, I'm putting money on the table saying that she's going to fight Misha Tate uh, next. But, uh, is that what is, is that echoed in the fourth? If we're booking UFC 200 right now, starting with the bantamweight title fight, what do we see? Do we do we see Ronda Rousey versus Misha take three? I have no interest in seeing that fight. I'll be honest with you. I I just think it. I know it's, you don't have interest in it, but do you think that's what? Do you think that unfortunately the UFC kind of put themselves into a corner with that? No, they they, they they can they do. they can do the right thing, but they won't, in my opinion, do what I believe the right thing is. Let her have a warm-up fight and then fight for the title. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think she's going to get what she wants because she is, you know, one of the UFC's cash cows. And I just think, I don't I, I don't like it, you know. There's so many things I could say about what I believe to be Ronda's attitude, uh, which I don't like. But what's the point? I think from when she lost, I just think, it sh- it showed the side of her that we all knew was there just by her attitude in the lead up to her loss to Holmes, and I don't think she's carried herself all the time as a, like a champion in my opinion. You know, I always sympathise with someone who says they have su- suicidal thoughts and, and 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 the likes, but it worries me when I hear stories about Rousey's PR team saying that as a fighter you're interviewing her, but you can't talk about fights. You know, that shows for me the mentality or the current state of mind of that person that you're dealing with. I personally don't think she's, unless it's against Tate because she's beat her twice, I don't think she's mentally ready to fight Holmes a second time. So I think they'll give her the Tate fight. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. What I think it should be and what I think is is, a poetic way to play this out is to do the Rousey home fight, which is as big have a title fight anyway because of how uh, their first fight went down in Australia. To do that fight, you have 
Alicia Face Amanda Nunes, who has uh, put herself forward as, as, a, as a perfectly worthy challenger in the meantime. You see who wins that, and then the, the victor of uh, Herman Rousey goes on to take their place as the next title challenger to try and get their crown back. That makes the most sense to me. Bringing Rousey straight into a fight with Tate just, just seems like, like blatant favouritism, in my opinion. It's like she's skipping over the, the, the fight that everyone wanted to see her have, the, the real, the biggest challenge of her life, because she's just skipped straight over that, straight into the Tate fight against someone who, uh, assuming her, her head's in check as it was before, straight into a fight she's very confident in because she's, to be quite, in all honesty, has dominated Lisa Tate twice. And I was never interested in seeing Rousey face Tate before now. I am a bit more interested in it now. Maybe Tate can do something. I'm, I'm interested, but I, I don't think it's right. And, yeah, yeah, well, I guess I guess that's my thoughts on that one. I don't, I don't think it's right, but um, it, it does sound quite interesting to me. It's incredibly unfair to Holly Holm, who I think if she's not fighting Misha Tate in a rematch, she should be facing Ronda Rousey. But that's, that's just how, how, how it's going. And, but to be fair to Rousey, I don't believe she's spoken out since the fight on whether she's taking this title fight or not. So, you know, it could be fair to her. I, I, I wouldn't area too much considering she hasn't actually come out and said herself that she wants to jump into this tape fight. It, maybe maybe she says maybe she'll come out and say she'd rather fight home like she was before uh, a few weeks or so ago she was saying she wants to be the one to defeat home. Maybe she still wants to, to prove that to herself. I think that'll be a, a brilliant a brilliant chapter. I just want to jump in uh Rousey's corner for a minute. Um I'm not saying who or shouldn't, who should or shouldn't. I think it's a pretty complex situation out there, uh, and it would take a long time to work out who's truly deserving. But in terms of Rousey and the things we've been saying about her, we shouldn't forget what she's done for women's MMA, what she's done for women in the UFC. She pretty much paved the way for all of the women who we're talking about now. She put, she gave them the platform for what they have uh, until she lost that one fight to Holly Holm. Let's remember how completely dominant. She was undefeated, undisputed champion. She ruled the UFC. She was the biggest star. She might still be. Uh, until that one fight, until that one fight, she was pretty much gone. Uh, and she's got two wins over the current champion. If you're if you're Ronda Rousey, put yourself in her shoes or in her camp shoes. You think about what she's done in the UFC, the way she's decimated every opponent apart from one who's put in front of her, and that in itself should should warrant the deserving immediate title shot when she comes back. And plus, and, and, plus, and plus the fact that she's got two wins. She's got two wins over the current champion. Uh, Aldo. All those things. There's loads of women. There's plenty of women before Rousey who, if it wasn't for them, Rousey wouldn't have had a game to come into in the first place. You should take in one of them. I thought Cyborg. You know, Sarah Kaufman. There's, there's a whole, there's a, a solid handful of women. There's a solid handful of women who there wouldn't have been a game for Rousey to get into and dominate in the first place if it wasn't for them. No one would have been watching the women. People were watching the women's women's scene. They were watching the likes of Sarah Kaufman, 
a Misha Tate before Rousey came along. There's no Misha Look, Tate, there is no Ronda Rousey. There's no Misha Tate, there is no Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey came in at the right time, she nominated, that was awesome. I loved it when she was nominating Strike War. So then she was in the right place at the right, right time, and so the UFC snapped her up, stuck a rocket up her ass because she happened to be the champion, and, and, and off it went, and she did big things. But to say she's the, the, whole, the whole game, the whole game came through in the UFC because of Ronda Rousey. I, 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 dis- I disagree with it, to be honest. I think that's that's too generous. That if you're going to say that, I believe that people need to bring a group of names into that. Rousey is definitely one of them, most definitely, but there's there's a, a lot of big names that get missed, missed out of that. I mean, we, we could really debate all day about the state of the bantamweight division and what's next, uh, but, you know, Let's finish up the show now. We've, we've talked about what, what we'd like to see potentially from the, from the women bantamweight, UFC 200. How about Connor? How, what do we see there? Because he's just uh, literally just posted an Instagram post saying that Jose Aldo is a pussy, and he said that May I'll see you down the line sometime. Um, so what, what's the thoughts? Have we seen Jose Aldo Connor McGregor rematch UFC 200? What do you think, or is, or is it Frankie Edgar? I feel like I'm always starting the ball, uh, starting things off during this podcast, so we might as well uh, start as we mean to go on. Uh, I want to pick up on what Barney just said about Ronda. If Ronda's been the most dominant force in the women's bantamweight division, Aldo's been the most dominant force ever in the men's featherweight division. And if she deserves a rematch, he sure bloody does, in my opinion. So if we're going to go by that rule of thumb, I think um, Aldo should get a rematch. In my opinion, short and sweet, he should get a rematch too. You know, UFC two hundred. I agree. Only only featherweight champion ever until Conor McGregor came along, uh, unbeaten for a decade or something, was it? Yeah. If, if that yeah. if that doesn't work, then immediate time should what does. I felt um, when 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 McGregor won the title, I'd have been very much in favour of an immediate rematch for Aldo. He's very deserving of that. But me personally, the way things have developed, it almost seems like Aldo has kind of kind of faded away, and I, I, I ended up finding myself feeling much less interested in Aldo rematch, regardless, even though he does fully deserve it. For me, it has to be Edgar. Edgar is the one fight at 145 who even a lot of McGregor fans would agree is his greatest challenge. Edgar's been deserving of a shot himself for quite some time, and, and that is the fight that is being forgotten when people say McGregor has finished with his, his, his busted off the featherweight division, like he says himself, he says they're all dead in the water. Well, Frankie Edgar's stood in the middle of the pond with his arms out saying, look, you've forgotten me, I'm not dead in the water yet, and he's the one yeah. guy who yeah. everyone figures is a, is a legit matchup, whether or not they think he defeats him or not. Me, it has to be Edgar. You can't stay over this McGregor Edgar thing any, any longer. He's a massive test for McGregor down there that he's, he's worth taking a look at. I think he beats Aldo again, to be honest. Aldo is very deserving, and if they did that fight, then I'd accept it because he is deserving. But I, I, I think that, that ship sailed, really. That's, that's what it feels like to me. I agree, but then I... I just... It's almost like there's nationalism at play here. I wouldn't call it racism. I feel like there's nationalism at play.
play. I feel like, why can Rousey get a rematch, you know, when the UFC is kind of more driven to a North American audience if 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 Aldo can't? I think it's because we've we've heard it before, you know, doesn't speak English, yada, yada, yada. You know, the UFC's main audience is an English-speaking one. And I just think it's it's a bit of a double standard. Now, if we had a similar setup to say, say if it was boxing, furthermore, just if if it was a case where you have to have at least one fight as a dominant champion to get your title shot, so you need a warm up fight, and it was the same for Rousey as it was for Aldo, then I would say 100% give Edgar the shot that he deserves. But it will reek of hypocrisy, in my opinion. If Rousey gets a title shot and Aldo doesn't, I just feel it's unfortunate for Edgar potentially because I think he is deserving if he doesn't get the shot. I think the UFC's quest to kind of push McGregor to be the pound-for-pound greatest fighter on the planet and making him move up in weights, etc., etc., has kind of mean that Edgar's missed out a title sh- on a title shot that I believe he should have got yesterday evening in my opinion i don't think the rda fight at this moment in time should have been in the equation i think mcgregor only just won the title he should have at least defended it a couple times then maybe a super fight should have been on the cards but i think the ufc pushed it too soon which has kind of pushed both aldo and edgar into a weird uh a a, a, a funny position where one of them's gonna uh lose that despite both of them deserving a, a, a title shot at UFC 200, in my opinion. What do you think? From a standpoint, do you think uh, the Aldo rematch, do you think that sells particularly well or considerably more than Edgar would? That's a difficult one. I think you get knocked out in 13 seconds, you're going to struggle. I just think it's more to do with the fact that he was, I think, champion for seven years in the WEC and the UFC combined, undefeated for 10 years. I think that's more of how I would sell the fight. I think it's difficult to sell a fight if you remove all those elements, if you get knocked out in 13 seconds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Where... it is. It is. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to rematch. It's still very... Every one of his fights 
has been fresh challenges. He's never met an opponent where you can say, oh, in this guy, he's facing a facet that he's already beaten before. That's, that's the great thing about McGregor's progression is everyone is so different from his previous foes. And, and Edgar fight would continue that. I think USC 200, Edgar is, I mean, McGregor, sorry, is, is should still headline USC 200, I think. That, that's the biggest and best option for them. And I just think a fresh challenge against Edgar, where there's a lot of question marks around who could win, I think that's the most fitting most fitting fight for UFC 200. Aldo, you can say, is the most deserving, but Edgar is the most fitting for UFC 200. If they've done the Aldo fight before UFC 200, as a step, and then Aldo and McGregor progresses to 200, then that's cool. But I don't think the Aldo rematch is fit in for 200. I don't think... Aldo is over enough at this stage. I think Actually, you've, you've sold me, mate. Sorry, I was just going to yeah, say I'm no, sold. I'm sold. I, I think Jordan's logic has won me over. I do think Aldo is deserving of a rematch, but I just think, like I said, time-wise, how things have panned out with last night's yeah. fight, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, means that he might have to wait. So I, 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 you've convinced me, sir. I was, I was literally about to say I, I'm more intrigued. I'm definitely more intrigued by an Edgar rematch. Yeah. An Edgar fight, sorry. Uh, more intrigued by that, obviously, it's an unknown quantity, and it, it could be McGregor's kryptonite at 145. Um, so, yeah, I guess from a selfish point of view, I do want Edgar, but there is still that part of me that thinks these long-time champions have put so much work in and done so much uh, for the sport and for the company that they should have some leverage when it comes to, to, to how they return. But... Either way, I'll be looking forward to it. But I, I completely, I completely understand the Edgar uh, argument. Well, it seems that we've pretty much come up with a, a semi, semi clear consensus on <laughs> what we should do with UFC 200. Obviously, um, the the UFC will do whatever they they damn please that makes them the most money, and um, you know that is the the Zufu way as we've come to learn. Uh, but I think that pretty much brings an end to to this edition of the podcast. I think one thing I do want to talk about before uh, we, we go off there, because it's been a fantastic chat, of course, about Misha Tate, Holly Home, Ronda, Connor, and, and of course, Nate from the fallout of last night's UFC 196. But one thing I want to talk about is how much of an asshole Eric Silver is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a pretty big one. playing that against Nordine Talent, because, you know, that, that fake let me let me tell you a story it's about karma it, it all makes sense in the end about a month ago i went to see my old dear that's my mother for those listening and i stole my sister's cake she had the last bit of slight cake left and i stole it and then about a day or two later i don't know if you guys know my addiction with cherry coke a cherry coke yep. <laughs> i was i had like the last pound i had on me i had to go bank and the bank by my house wasn't working or the cash machine wasn't working i bought cherry coke anyway went to open it i cut a long story short it just fell all over the floor and that so when it happened i thought that is karma in action in effect and what happened to mr silver last night who i was a fan of before recent events kind of made me doubt his true ability but we won't go into that i just think karma caught up with him that was immediate karma and i think it was a beautiful thing what he done was bang out of order but he paid the price yeah er, er, 
Eric Silver has made a little bit of a career of being a guy who, not one minute, you're like, this guy's slick, this guy's a real prospect, he can go places, and then the next fight, he just doesn't turn up. And then he took that to the next level last night with that, that, that terrible cheap shot. Okay, fair enough. It was within the rules, and the rules says you can't do it. It's it's just it's just uh, um, a personal uh, morals, it's just personal the question of personal personal morals. But no, it's real. It kind of sums up the career of what how Eric Silver's career has been playing out in the UFC. It's just not living up to to what you hoped he could do or what he showed signs of being able to do. Because always. I was a real fan of him. I, I found him to be uh, quite an, an intriguing prospect myself. Yeah, I, like I said, I think Eric Silver's dip in form is possible, probably a discussion for another day. I have my theories on it, and I think you guys can probably figure out why I think he's dipped in form, and pretty much anyone else that listens probably can figure it out. But yeah, I just think it wasn't what he did was not cool, and he paid the price, thankfully. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Why don't you guys tweet us? Why do you think there's been a dip in form for Eric Silver at MMA? Plus, I'm sure <laughs> we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And I know Roberto will anyway. Um, but yeah, guys, MMA Plus podcast back in your life. It's great to be uh, back on the show. We decided to do a UFC 196 talk. As I say, I think, is it every, we, we plan on doing this every fortnight now, Roberto? Yeah, I, I think so. But I think sometimes, you know, you, you might get, you know, double your money, so to speak, if there's some, you know, big talking points from an event, you know, you might get it uh, weekly if you're lucky, you know, because we did one last week and here we are back again. So, you know, if if we have a big event like this, a numbered event, maybe you might get two in quick succession. But, uh, no, it was something we had to cover considering the, the events of last night. So it will mainly be, you know, fortnightly, but you never know. Depending on what goes down, we might, you know, do a, a impromptu podcast for you guys. Gonna have to ask for a pay rise of some sort. Um, but <laughs> no, guys, it's been great uh, chatting with, with you all today. Of course, the biggest story of the day: UFC 196. Conor McGregor loses to Nate Diaz, second round, rear naked choke submission, and Misha Tate does the same in the fifth round against Holly Holm to win that bantamweight championship. You can catch all the latest goings on from MMA Plus at MMAplus.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at MMA Plus, or check us out on YouTube, MMA Plus TV. We have been